tell me that you built a time machine? Huh? Get the Inconceivable! Inconceivable! Get the Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'll have what she's having. Okay, welcome to Picked in High School. This is the podcast that talks about 80s film. And we got one today, which is at the end of the 80s, 1989. Mm-hmm. So, although we're struggling to kind of make it 80s in terms of what their attire, the music and stuff like that, because it kind of feels like it's going into the 90s. It feels a little 90s, especially but, those berets. But, yeah. <laughs> and the round glasses. It's yeah. such a 90s thing. It was, yeah, it was a weird, weird period. But uh, some of the themes are very peaked in high school. Yes. Um, so we, we, we love talking about that. But the movie is... Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. With oh, the such a good movie. star of John Candy. Oh. John and I know Candy. he was huge in the 80s, and I know he kind of made his start even probably in the 70s with, with Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But he's got a list of great movies coming was out. Was he of... in Meatballs? I think he was yeah. in one of the Meatballs. Um, Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Uh, is he in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yes, I think so. Um, there's many. There's many great mm. 80s films with him. Uh, obviously a comedian, but... Out of Canada, <laughs> and you can hear it a boot and uh, a um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's an amazing film. You want to give the blow? Oh, it's just so funny. What's it about? Far out. So it's about a. So of course it's John Hughes written and directed. So of course it's set in Chicago. Chicago. So the family um, has moved to Chicago from Indianapolis to. So they moved to Illinois from Indianapolis for the father's job. Um, and so they have the teenage daughter who's 15 and she is a piece of work. Mm. I'm telling you what. Um, so obviously she's very unhappy about the move. And then there's two younger siblings who are like five and six. Mm. Um, and the, basically the mother's father, so the grandfather has a heart attack back in Indianapolis. So they have to go and they have no one to call because they've just moved there. Mm. And whoever they do know or like away or something. So they have to call the brother-in-law, the father's brother, which yeah. is Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Who does not have kids, isn't married, bit has of a, his money through gambling. Bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. Not too bad. No, he's not. And he actually does very well looking after the kids. Which is surprising. Mm. You don't know from the start if that's how this is going to go. Yeah. But obviously he clashes with the teenager who is, you know, really obviously very yeah. affected by moving at such a, it's a difficult age, 15. Yeah. I think back on it, it's yeah. not a fun age. And, you know, she's obviously sort of gotten involved with a probably older boy. I think he's yeah. probably about 17. 17. Whose name or nickname is Bug, which Bug. is not cool. Nah, it's nah, it's weird. It's weird. I can't comment because it's a weird time. I guess we were young, but were the teenagers have gone all goth, a little bit goth. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, these ones were, but I do think that we worked out because it's so freaking cold in Chicago. Yeah. Their their whole attire was a lot of boots and like yeah, and this like is set in the winter. Weird big coats and, yeah. and their berets and stuff. But it's just so funny. Like I was saying today, like I wish I had kept my clothes from the nineties because. It, the, the, these the youth think that bike shorts are a new thing. Nah, man, I was wearing them in 1994. I don't know if they think it's a new thing. I think most people know that fashion goes in cycles. But I don't think teenagers like... do. I think they think that they've done the first those things right. first. They do. They think that you know. Well, even more recently for our kids, or 
more relevant for our kids is like the tie dye t shirts. I know, it's like, like nah, well, no, it's been since the 70s, probably even before that. <laughs> 60s. But yeah, yeah 60s. If, look, I, I mean, the end of the 80s going into the 90s was a really weird time culturally mm. for the whole world. I mean, it was yeah. weird, wasn't it? You know, and you sort yeah. of start to see. Oh, well, the 80s was weird, full stop. Yeah, but it was, the, it's not like, like the thing, the fashion and whatnot in this film isn't that sort of neon, the like, no. big hair, but it's really moving into that kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. no man's land between sort of 88 and 97 or something, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a weird time. It was a weird time, yeah. But, yeah, but it's a, it's it's just it's such a funny movie. It fart. is, yeah. And John Candy makes this movie. Oh, and poor um, John Candy. And, yeah, rest, rest in peace. When did he die? Oh, looking around, he died. Maybe five years ago, I want to say. Did he die from like obesity, like health complications? Probably way more than five years ago. I think it was more than that. that. It was like Cool Runnings was his last movie, or Canadian Bacon was his last movie. That was like shit in the 90s. Yeah, I think it's a while now. Maybe a good, oh my God, I just had a time lapse moment. (laughs) Maybe even 20 years. That's your your long COVID brain fog. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Not that this is his first movie, but Macaulay Corkin is also in yeah, this too. Yeah, and he's oh, but, he's he's not just cute. He that kid was in, or probably still is, an incredible actor, and like he was such a good child actor. Absolutely, he had you a know? lot of charisma. Um, reminds of of our son, one of our he sons. Is very but before this was before Home Alone. Yeah, so this is obviously what you know, and they would have seen him in this and gone, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, this kid can act. Totally. Um. Uh, um yeah. There's, and, and I think there is. This is just before Home Alone. So it was Uncle Bark, then Home yeah, Alone. Yeah, because Home Alone's ninety or ninety nine, right? Both John Hughes and probably. Part of John Hughes's new look like he's what he wrote, direct, and produced this. Yeah. Like, this is a hundred percent a John Hughes movie. Yeah, uh, in the sense that he's he's backed it, put money behind it, wrote it, directed it. But isn't it funny that we see his movies becoming more um, less really teenage based mm. and more of that family sort of movie as the eighties went on? Great point. So, you know, because so, we moved away from Ferris Bueller, Pretty in Pink, all yeah, of that. Yeah. And it went into candles and went into more this Home Alone, Home Alone yeah, Two. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, still great films in their own of right. Of course, but, but he obviously just matured in his sort of style. Not well, I guess there's only so just, many times you can write about well, teenagers yeah, that's going true. to attention. That's true. But there's still teenage themes in this. Um, definitely that 15 year old. We'll talk about in a sec. Yeah. Sneaky actors in this too. I mean, obviously <laughs> the whole cast in terms of the father, the mother, the little sister was really good. Well, the little sister is funny because I, I realized straight away that she is in a, a show, which mm. is the what is it, Winning Time about the winning Lakers time, that we're yeah. watching about at the, the moment. Showtime Lakers. Gabby Hoffman, and yeah. you see her, and she. I mean, obviously she's now like 40 and she would have been eight or something in the film, but you mm. see her face, it's just her. Mm. Mm. You know, but the other sneaky one yep. is as good fun. Is Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> and if you know anything about the uh, 80s, you'll know yep. who we're talking about. Jackie. Or early 90s. Laurie McLeod from Roseanne. Laurie Metcalf. Oh, Metcalf, sorry. Um, but, yeah, from, from Roseanne. And oh, she was in that, I mean, for 12 years. And even when they tried to redo it, she yeah, was still yeah, a big yeah. part of that. Oh, I love Jackie. I mean, she really made that show. Like, she was just such a... Such a good, well, not even a, well, she was a supporting cast member, but also she just, she really held her own, Oh, you know, in that show. Totally. And, and, I and think she's hilarious in this movie. She is. Okay. Playing the complete opposite to Jackie, you know? Yes, but still. Mar- Marcy. A meddler, Marcy. Oh, yeah. But she, <laughs> she plays the awkward. Oversexed. Over- divorcee. Recently divorcee. <laughs> 
come across the road. Nosy neighbour. <laughs> yeah. Is there a sexy man in the house? It's a bit... Who goes into your neighbour's house saying, oh, I'm pretty sure that our neighbours would not, you know. <laughs> uh, and a little bit toey yeah. for some reason. And she's in it and she does a great job. She's really good in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. she's funny. She's funny. And, but but because you kind of laugh because you have the memories of Jackie as well. Yeah, that's it. But, I mean, she'll always be Jackie to me. And we commented on what she wore. Like, yeah, she wore some oh, weird, weird sort of ensemble brown kind of chiffon like, with sparkles, tribal. And then, it was a bit tribal and like a matching headband. I mean, that's one thing I appreciate about the eighties was that there was a lot of matching headband action going on. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's good about that. And you mentioned it is in Chicago, of course, but it wasn't. Sherman. Illinois. It wasn't Sherman. It was the Chicago suburbs. And they actually say the suburbs like mm. several times. But they don't specify. No, they don't say the which suburb it is. They just say, oh, you're in the suburbs. But it's weird because I guess it just for looks, so long watching. But it know, looks like the street from home alone, right? It does look like the street. And vacation and whatnot. Yeah. So I don't know exactly where it was, but I quickly read that, that John Hughes wanted everything to be local. Um, so the school, the school where yeah. that was, was a vacant school in Chicago. Yeah, so that's the same school that he's filmed the Breakfast Club in was a vacant school as well. Right. Well, yeah. essentially they built all the sets, like the bedrooms and stuff, in yeah. the school oh, hall clever. and stuff like that. So they, they, yeah. they did as much as possible by keeping it close. I swear we have to go to Chicago and do like a little tour. Yeah, that this. would be good. Be sort of like a. I don't know if I want to go in the cold. Like it's cold. Oh man, it looks cold as fuck. But I love that kind of weather. I mean, we wear. Our, I would look good in a beret. Yeah, we put our berets on and like get some long coats and shit. <laughs> be good. Cool. So in terms of themes, teenage angst again. Yeah, like I said, fifteen. You know, we have this thing where we're like fifteen-year-old, fourteen and fifteen-year-old teenage boys is the most awkward-looking stage. Mm. Gangly. Bleh. But, I mean, but, but for the females, it's not like you're no, awkward looking. No, it's not looking. that. It's just that you're not, you're still Emotionally stuck in awkward. that child, but not quite older teenage stage. It's hard. Mm. You're nine, ninth mm. grade, it's an awful time. Mm. I always feel like if I was a high school teacher, that would be the one year I'd be like, nope. But she had the yeah. worst attitude. Oh, like, she was. From she was the a, get go. I'm going to say it. She was a little bitch. Yeah. You know, and if I had spoken to my parents the way oh, she spoke to hers, and they just took woman. it. And they were probably just like, okay, she's going through something, but yeah. still. But they must have shit. taken it too much to the point where, okay, we can't just reprimand her now. Well, she basically said to the mother that the reason the grandfather had a heart attack was because they left, the, mm. you know, for the father's oh, promotion. Yeah. Out for blood. That's what she insinuated. Out for blood. Like, Man, I would have. Saying things are like, yeah. I mean, they're. I guess from the opening scene, you realise that both the mother and father are working to, you know, keep yeah. the family afloat and they have Chinese food and straight up she's like, oh, mother, how do you find the time to cook such delicious I meals? Oh, man, I would have oh, sent that meal onto the floor. Mate, you, you I would have copped a beating back then. I know. But yeah. she got away with it. Yeah. And she had this sassy, not even sassy. Just no, it was beyond sassy, just, actually. Uh, it just was a just, rude, she was just obnoxious awful. attitude. But um, Buck does so well in handling it, man. He just, like, gives it right back to her. And I guess we see her trying to act out by hanging around with this older boy, mm. going to parties in the park, yeah. possibly getting ready to, you know, sleep with him. Yeah, playing um, with the idea of it. But more out of yeah. revenge for... Absolutely. It's not because she wants to. I don't even think she likes Bug. No, no. Bug's a fucking idiot. Oh, anyway. Bug is a, is a jerk Probably, off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bug is pressuring her to have sex, which I yeah. think was one of the other themes. And essentially, Buck, Buck, sorry, Buck and Buck's going to, Bug's going to be hard. <laughs> but Bug picks up on it straight away. Yeah, he figures it out. Uh, yeah, he just, because he's like, he says, I was that guy trying to pick up vulnerable girls like you yeah. at that age. So I know exactly what's going on. And, and he, he calls it 
Yeah, and he's trying to protect her and she obviously doesn't see it. But it's funny, speaking of pressure, because on the other flip side, his girlfriend, he's getting some pressure from her to get married and have kids. Yeah. So we see these two, like, different situations, and, mm. you know. But parallels guess, at the same time. Parallels, yeah. Yeah. She was a bit different in the sense. Well, she's trying to fit in, but at the same token, she's away from what she knows. Well, that's it. She's at a new school. And look, yeah. and like I've said, this terrible age, 15, like that's that's not a good age to start afresh at a new school. No, no. Especially when high school starts there in year nine as well. Right. So, you know, like it's like hard enough anyway, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But there's a few scenes, she, you know, he's kissing her and I saying, know. when are we going to do it? I know. Oh, oh man, he's so gross. And like, it, it, maybe the way it was shot, but he just makes you feel, he wasn't an ugly dude. He was just like. No, he was just a Sleazy. Dick. Yeah. Just an asshole, really. And she's an asshole too, so you kind yeah, of forgive yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, I guess the real theme is Buck, Buck picks up on it. Yeah, because the parents haven't at all. And he said that you might fool your parents because his, the parents probably so caught up with the move, new jobs, new et cetera, jobs, as well. That, busyness. And it's almost like she's lashing out and acting out to get their attention. If I just put my little psychology spin on it there, yeah. that's what it is, yeah. you know. But she doesn't realise that, you know, she's still 15. It's so funny when he says that line, he's like, we're going to go bowling. There's less chance of getting pregnant there. Like he's figures it out because <laughs> yeah. she wants to go out on a date. You know? Yeah, he's yeah, like, no. yeah. He's not having any of it. Yeah. He's like, not on my watch. So, and that, and I guess the reuniting of families. And this yes. is a funny one because uh, I have a big family. So there's a lot of family members I'd love to reunite with. And, and sometimes you try and sometimes life becomes too busy. But... You know, they have an estranged relationship between these two brothers. Well, I don't know if it's estranged Bobby or and, dis- and Buck. distant. Well, they live in, like, you'd well, think that... Well, he's moved to Chicago. He's moved to or back to Chicago? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's, but it's, well, her family must be in Indianapolis. Absolutely. But I don't think it's estranged in the sense that it's just distant. And obviously the wife is not a fan of Buck because we no. see that she's, like, cropped him out of the wedding photo. Yeah. And that, that hurts Buck, Like, obviously. the actual wedding, not cropping as in what we cropped. Yeah, like, days, actually like folding. Folded. Yeah, which I have done that. <laughs> Into a house, wedding so album. Say, you know. But, yeah. So yeah, I was really hurt by that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, like, yeah, an old school photo and an old school album, which was yeah. cool. But, you know, um, like, so he, yeah. So he's not, I, I just think there's obviously the, the relationship's a bit, sort of just dead in the water because of distance and the wife and maybe yeah. his actions, you know, the fact that he was making money from gambling and, mm. blah, blah. and smoking and drinking yeah. and, and, you know, living this, this bachelor lifestyle, but maybe he's a bit too old to be living like that now. <laughs> um, and his girlfriend's probably right in saying we should settle down by now. Yeah. Let's hurry up and do it. But I think it's nice. And you said that there's not many movies where you see like an uncle and nieces and nephews Correct. having that. And I think Correct. That's true, you know, like I think that the influences and role models can extend and should extend beyond parents, you know. Yeah. Kids need a wide variety of adult role models in their life and mm. I think this is a nice way of highlighting that in yeah. this movie. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not perfect, even if you're not a parent material, you still have something to bring to, to the offer. table. absolutely. Um, and he shows this, like, obviously his street smarts. mm is what they needed in this scenario. And, and that's right, because the parents don't, like I said, they don't pick up on what's going on with her. Yeah. And he does. And mm. you're right, it's because he's he's not in that sort of parent mode or whatever. Mm. He's able to step outside the box and see what's going on. Mm. 
and obviously the young kids just adore him straight away. Like yeah. there's no issue with them. Yeah. Um, and those scenes in themselves are quite oh, they're so funny. So when he just yeah. makes the massive pancake with a snowshoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always just like giving him the, the, the look like, no. And I'm like, what does she want him to do? Yeah, I know. Like, no, I can't do it. It's got to be the dog. No, do it. Maybe, maybe your brother. And he's like... I cannot sleep with you. <laughs> like sleep in the bed with you. It's so cute. Oh, God. Uh, and they follow. Anyway, those are, as a parent, there's some great, great scenes. Yeah, well, we've spent a lot of time in, with children's kids in our, in our beds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the family element of this movie it's was, nice. It's really and nice. And again, I, I guess this is what John Hughes started to explore in this part of his career, mm, mm. you know? And probably in line with his actual life. Well, possibly. Yeah. And also, he, I mean, he just does, he does teenagers so well. Mm. But he also does family dynamics really yeah. well too. So actually, yeah, he crossed the boards well because mm. he still had a little teenage story. Going yeah, on. because you would have had, you would have appealed to teens at the time going to see it. it would have mm. appealed to kids and adults. Mm. So he's yeah. No, great. I mean, great film for one of those. That's one of the great what reasons. It was rated whether it was M or PG. Oh, I remember watching it as a kid. So yeah, it would have been at least M or PG. Okay. There's so many, but what was your favourite scene? Oh, okay. I don't know if like to separate. My favourite scene and favourite line. Yeah, we're doing that. Favourite, okay. You know, like, because they're both. But, like, for my favourite scene, I really do like that joke where it's it's the the son's birthday and he, like, makes these giant pancakes and the kids Mm. are just so excited. Like, it's just Mm. ridiculous. Like, Mm. the pancake's, like, the size of, like, like, Costco pizza. (laughs) No, bigger than that. Bigger than that. The size of your table. And he's using a snow (laughs) shovel to flip it on this massive heat thing. I don't even know how he's done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just silly, like, silly fun as well. Um, But I think, like, I do do like it when he's, like, talking about the top. What is it? The tomahawk? No, what's that thing? Oh, the hatchet. The hatchet. You know, like, I'm going to bury the hatchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically intimidates Bug as much as he can. Yeah, I know. Bug was, like, almost crying. Yeah, yeah, Bug was pretty much crying. Um, But I have to, like, bring in my favourite line, which Mm. is another one of my favourite scenes, which Mm. is where he's looking for the party and another parent's pull up beside him to tell him about somebody's car. And he's, he's wearing this, like, hat. I can't even describe it. And the other mm. person's like, don't go in there, man. They'll kill you with that hat. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in that hat. Yeah, he's like, they'll kill they'll you. Kill you. Mm. He's like, oh, thanks for the tip. Was he getting, like, killed, killed alive by a bunch of teenagers <laughs> over ba- his hat? <laughs> Basically. You know? But that that's like, oh, I can never get over yeah. that line. They'll kill you. Yeah. It's just so funny. Yeah, definitely. Fuck, it makes me laugh. For me, in terms of scenes, there's a, there's a lot. But I loved as a kid, and I still like it again, is that, that when he dresses down the the vice principal. Oh yeah, that's great. Principal, the assistant principal, yeah. The assistant principal. Um, and she's just like got this bad attitude and has a go at the sweetest kid. I know the youngest a six year old should be a serious student. Come on. Yeah. And then he just flips at her and then flips a dime at her and says because <laughs> she's got this big mole in her face. <laughs> it's awkward. And he's like, go down to the city and get a rat to gnaw that off your face know, or something like, like that. Oh, and then you go like, wow. And then like, all the kids that are in the line for the detention are smiling. And even that scene beforehand where he's trying to go to the toilet in the, uh, <laughs> the little tiny, tiny urinals <laughs> in the primary school is pretty funny. But, yeah, that line too. And there's a few lines I realised that that I copy. Yes. Yeah, and I didn't realise that yeah, I, I yeah, use yeah. them a lot. Yeah. A few from memory, like that one at the end where he's like, you need to zip your mouth. Then lock it and then throw away the key. But I change it for the kids. Like, like, lock it and then swallow it. And the kids are always like, but how? We just locked the whole thing. Uh, there was another one. Do, do, let it do. Yeah, I used that, that one good. a lot. I forgot that that's where I stole it from. 
And I guess that happens a lot where you think of cool lines and they stay in your memory bank. But can I also just say the cat scene is so That was going to be my next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> can explain scene. it because yeah. I laugh. So because he's not used to the house and, and how everything happens, how yeah. the house runs, but he's doing a good job or trying his best anyway. He, <laughs> he, like, he comes out at night time and he's like struggling to bring the cat back in the house and the cat's wailing his legs around and I guess we find it funny because we've all been like clawed by the cat doing that to us. He's like, oh, which one of you clowns left the cat out? <laughs> when he brings it in, they're like, we don't have a cat. Get out of here. <laughs> we don't have a cat. Yeah, yeah. shoot. Get out of here. Yeah. So yeah. silly. Yeah, so many good scenes. Uh, and Macaulay Gorkin's scenes are, are funny. Oh, like, he's so good. The one with the, like, what's the other word for balls? If he's trying to think of it, he's like, aha, uh-huh, nuts. <laughs> that makes me laugh. And the one where he's trying to get the, the ID from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, his yeah, girlfriend yeah. to get in the house. Anyway, um, He's hilarious. He's a so lot cute. of good little scenes um, that, that build up to make a good movie. Anyway, what does this movie mean to you? Um, I really enjoyed this movie when I was younger. Mm. Like it's, it's such a good film and I enjoy watching it now yeah. as well. And it sometimes comes on and you just watch bits of it. It's one mm. of those like comfort movies, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's always anything by John Hughes. It's, you know, good. Yeah. It well, spot on, I think, I think you're, we said it before, like you can watch it as a kid and mm. we watched it as a kid. And I used to watch this with my parents mm. and it's okay to watch this film with your parents because it's not too <laughs> yeah, awkward, nah. but yeah, that and, and some great lines and the music, I thought for me, the music was cool. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything, um, 80s funny. Well, no, it wasn't stuff. like well-known songs, mm. but the soundtrack is good. Oh, well for me, there are well-known songs. So oh, really? a lot of it is like 19, late eighties hip hop. Ah, so it had Tony Tony Loke. Yeah, that one. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, had, it also had Buster Moves. Yeah, they had that in the party scene. They yeah. always have a, it, like, you know, I mean, there's always a house party scene in John Hughes' yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah. And I guess that was the era when hip hop started going to the suburbs. Of course. Um, so for me, and I, and I was a young kid, or what, would have been nine, eight or nine, yeah. and then just starting listening to hip hop myself, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. So, so weird that it was end up being an 80s movie. And yeah, just <laughs> trying to figure out why it was eighties. Well, I mean, like we said, it's 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 approaching that um, end of the decade where it, things started to go a bit weird. Mm. I guess we were just didn't know where we were, mm. you know, fashion wise and cultural. But you made a good point in that more of this inner city urban stuff was reaching the suburbs, and mm. you can see that in the fashion choices as well. Like mm. it's not all bubble gum, neon, you mm. know. Mm. And obviously these kids are rugging up because it's bloody cold yeah, there, and yeah. you can see that reflected in the fashion as well. Mm. But you know, it's I mean, it's still eighties, right? Yeah, it's still eighties. The houses are still eighties. It's got that look about it. I mean, that street, like that is that is that not the street that you want to live on? <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, as long as it's a bit warmer than it, yeah. looked, it looked cold. But um, you know, it was. It's still. It's just yeah. It's starting to cruise into that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think millennials would get this film? Absolutely. It's right at the end. You know, they say that millennials, which crosses over with Gen Y for some reason, it's just one and the same. Mm-hmm. actually begin from 81 mm. and so yeah a lot of them would have been our age close to watching this mm. you know mm. Mm. yeah i think i mean i think the, ta- the the themes are quite easy to digest absolutely um obviously I, yeah. pressure to have sex is universal we've, we've talked about that before teenage angst is obviously yeah universal or, or transcends time but yeah i agree was there anything in this film that wouldn't fly today I don't think so. It's pretty 
even as mm -hmm. far as that, like anything offensive goes. Well, I guess the only thing I can think of is the way at the start that this elder sister talked to the younger yeah, siblings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did say that. I said if, if one of our kids spoke to the other ones like that, I'd be devastated because she's so yeah. mean to them. But that could be just her character, right? Because she's yeah, all, yeah. All equally as bitch to, Vile. Her, yeah. to her parents. But, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we swear in front of the kids. <laughs> But not at that extent. Yeah. And potentially teenagers would swear in front of their little... Probably. Short kid. Brothers or sisters. Kid brother and yeah. sister. But who knows? Like, it would have to be a fly on the wall to figure that out. <laughs> but other than that, it's, no, it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you could say, oh, the, the, the pressure, sex pressure thing. But I, unfortunately, I think that is a thing that still exists to this day. And okay. it's obviously one that actually, whilst it's maybe offensive to be like what like it is an offensive thing it's actually one that needs to be highlighted addressed. and addressed so i actually think that it's a good talking point mm. you know would you let would you use this movie as a basis to to start a conversation with a teenage daughter or son maybe to kind of ice break that maybe i mean it would be a good way to go in because mm. it's fairly you know Harmless, mm. otherwise. Mm. But, you I guess know, that scene, that, that scene where you think Bugs trying to really put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Trying to have sex with her and it ends up being another girl. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, hang on, wait, Bugs already moved on. Like mm. <laughs> you didn't even realize that the other relationship had broken up. But soon thereafter, you do realize <laughs> through some Buck genius. Yeah. <laughs> um, remakes. So there wasn't a remake, but there was two TV shows. Right. One in 90 and 91, which followed the same characters. And then they brought it back again in 2016 with an African-American cast. Cool. So they switched it. But both of them, I think, only lasted one or two seasons. What was the both time Uncle Buck? Hmm. Okay. I read somewhere else that they made an Indian version of it. <laughs> really? Called Uncle Bun. Oh, that's hilarious. So if you can track down Uncle Bun, that would yeah. be that would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Uncle Bun. Um, yeah, so but no um, sequels per se, no Uncle Buck 2. Mm, no Uncle Buck like 2 or anything like that. And you could probably do an Uncle Buck 2. Yeah. I don't mean, maybe go back to the city and or she comes to the city and does a suburban <laughs> life. And, yeah, oh, no. you could you could probably take it somewhere. But, John Candy yeah, you couldn't Dennis, do it without John Candy. You know? Yeah, yeah, true. The, the, main, the main brains behind it wouldn't be there. Okay, so what do you give this film out of 10? I give it a solid seven and a half. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's such a good movie. Yeah. It's good length yes. as well. Hour and um, a half. Hour and a half. It's funny. It's touching. Yeah. It's for it's, everyone. It's, it's, I think yeah. we're now that it's really for everyone. I don't anything negative to say about it. It's just a good solid seven yeah, and a half. Yeah, exactly. You know? Quick storyline. Yeah. You can relate to the characters. Even if you haven't got a wacky uncle, you can pretend that you have. And I mean, it's it's a, it would have been a commercial success because it's so viable commercially. Like yeah. It's, it, like I said, it just touches mm. on everything. Mm. You know? It's not your typical John Hughes film. No, and that's it. And I think, you know, probably did well because I don't know how many parents wanted to, or adults wanted to go and see. Here's a good question. I mean, that. here's a good question. Is the biggest grossing John Hughes film than Home Alone? Possibly. I haven't looked. Because this is probably, maybe that was a formula that, that worked for him. Know, obviously, you know, Pretty Pinks and whatever, they were great. The Bueller's Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. That's my favorite. Fantastic. But, mm. but that belonged in that early 80s yeah. time frame. And he's exhausted that 
that those themes. Yeah. And obviously wanted to mature. I wonder if he exhausted them or he just felt that he hadn't reached. I guess that's the same thing, exhaustion. Mm. Like maybe he just felt creatively like it was time to move on from mm. that phase. Yeah, the, the, the culture moved on, so why well, not? that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, like how can you move on from the breakfast club? No. I oh, well, but, but when you say it, you're like, you don't ever want to remake it, right? Oh, never. I mean, yeah, in a video clip here and there, that'll be homage yeah, to it. but never remake exactly. it. Exactly, so it belongs in its place. Of course. So, I mean, so it makes sense for him to kind of mature as a director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is, I think it was his first of a Universal or Columbia deal of a package of five movies or three movies where mm. he'd write, direct and produce. But obviously his next one was Home Alone. God, he must have made some money. Which is still, like we still watch it with the kids. Of course, they love it. That's a Christmas classic. Such a Christmas movie. Um, Even the second one is good. And yeah, so he kind of, this one is the movie that brought Macaulay Culkin to the the table Mm. and then he smashed it out of the park with with Mm. Home Alone. And I guess you could thank, definitely thank Uncle Buck for that. Yeah. But yeah, seven and a half, definitely. Yeah, it's a good movie. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You can watch it with your kids. Watch it with your nieces yeah. and nephews, your <laughs> uncle if you want. You can watch it with anyone. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, good. It's good. You know, it's not super PG. It's mm. got a few themes that you know, real themes like real that would go over the kids' heads. Like, yeah, and they have a few sex know. jokes that goes over the kids' heads as yeah. well. And you know, a bit risky with the sex scenes that are in there or <laughs> silhouettes of the sex scenes that are in there or jokes, but but it's for everyone. But yeah, definitely go out and see it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's us for today. Yes. So, any news from your own life we want to talk about? Um, nope. Easter was good. Easter was well, apart from the fact that I was like super sick, with, yeah. not with COVID. No. Super bug. No. Yeah. But besides cool. that, all is well. All is well. All right. Mm. Me too. Okay. Thank you. Peace. Bye. But I know a good kid when I see one, because they're all good kids, until dried out, brain dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face.